You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello there, this is Tim Chen, the host of the Nintendo Club podcast, and I want to introduce this episode of the podcast. This is the first of what will be another weekly edition of the Nintendo Club podcast. In these episodes with me and Aaron Rivera, we'll be diving deep into just a single topic in the Nintendo arena, whether it be a certain video game, a, a franchise, or in this case, Nintendo controllers, and to an extent, their competition. So every week, me and Aaron will be diving into, uh, for 30 minutes to an hour, just one topic in the Nintendo arena. And uh, I really do hope you enjoy these these extra episodes that uh, uh, will be thrown out there as these just focused topics. Uh, we do record live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that over at youtube.com slash T-C-H-A-T-E-N and uh, also on Google Plus if you follow me there. And if you stick around until 9 p.m., uh, from 9 to 10 p.m.-ish, uh, me and John record our weekly episodes of the Nintendo Club podcast. Once again, those will be broadcast live to YouTube. So uh, that is a new thing we're doing with live recordings. That is video, so you get to see our lovely faces. And with these focus topics, video is actually quite handy. So we do show off the controllers and things like that. But uh, I think the audio works quite nicely. And with that, let's get to this audio version of the Nintendo Club podcast where me and Aaron Rivera discuss Nintendo's controllers. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, we are now live. Welcome to the Nintendo Club Podcast. This is one of our new special editions that we're doing every week, so um, they're, they're special, but it's every week now. Um, Aaron Riv- Rivera is joining me today to discuss uh, controllers, uh, especially Nintendo ones, but we'll also throw in some other third-party ones uh, from Sony and Microsoft for comparison's sake. Uh, welcome, Aaron. Hey, Tim. So, um, where do you want to get started with this discussion? Well, uh, I think we might just do like a chronological, just kind of get started with the uh, NES controller. Yeah, that'd be good. I think uh, just seeing the evolution of these things is very interesting to see where focus went from one generation to the next, what Nintendo thought was important, and how perhaps other companies or Nintendo themselves reacted to what's out there or their feedback. So the first controller is is the NES controller. I'm holding it up right here. And Classic. everyone knows this controller, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty famous controller. Uh, I think whenever people think of classic gaming, that's the one that always comes to mind. Um, really simple, but it, it uh, really got the job done. I mean, Yeah, so it's just a simple um, AB button with the Nintendo's, you know, D-pad. And star and select buttons. There are no shoulder buttons on this controller, and just a big square. So um, I've heard stories of kids, get, you know, getting hurt with the <laughs> the corners. I never had that problem as a kid. Did you? Yeah, when I was a kid, um, it really didn't um, have, or it really didn't do much to me whenever I had smaller hands. But whenever I would go back to that, maybe around my teenage years, my my fingers would just kind of naturally wrap around the top. And then that's when I started to, to see the problems with those sharp corners. But never really had that problem whenever I was a kid playing it. Yeah, feeling it now, the buttons are just solid. The, the, yeah. the clicking action there. The D-pad on this controller, maybe because its age, is very loose. But uh, I remember good times with the original NES controller and the D-pad being much tighter. But, um, yeah, this is where it all started. This, this lasted Nintendo up until the SNES. And um, they also had this kind of... Uh, controller that was kind of halfway between this and SNES before we got there uh, for the NES 101. Did you ever have one of those systems? No, I didn't have one of those. Um, I have played with one of those controllers, though, and I did like it more than the original NES controller just because I was so used to the Super Nintendo controller. So I did like having those uh, uh, the rounded edges um, and where the uh, the two buttons were, they felt more more like I was used to than than the original NES because they were kind of slanted, like Super Nintendo. Yeah, they were. And it, it's very much like a SNES controller, but it's missing two buttons in the shoulder buttons. Yeah, that's true. And it was this, uh, this top-loading NES, the NES 101, 
That is, um, I think I might get one of these consoles one of these days because it's a cool yeah. piece of tech. Yeah, it's a little strange how it has a top loading. But, yeah, uh, I guess it's more durable that way. Yeah, I think they were kind of trying to ease into the Super Nintendo. So. Yeah, well, let's get to Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo, I've, I've got the Wii version of the SNES controller. I believe you have one of these as well. Yeah, yeah, I picked one of those up. It's pretty so, nice. Yeah, this uh, Club Nintendo games. Japan, they sent these out. Uh, I think there were some coin cashing. But basically, Nintendo remanufactured the SNES controller for the Wii. So you plug this into the Wii remote, and it's perfect to play all those virtual console titles. This is the best pro controller they've ever made for virtual console alone, you know. Uh, it's yeah. fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, yeah, I was just agreeing with you. It's really great to play those virtual console games. So uh, what they've added with this SNES controller is obviously a second button. They've also made the buttons more ergonomical with the diagonal area uh, to to facilitate that. It's more natural to grip this. Uh, but the shoulder buttons were, were a big deal back then, and yeah, I think still buttons. are. Shoulder buttons were definitely a really big deal, um, especially for like racing games. Um, you could take those sharp turns. I, I remember using those quite often. I remember a lot of uh, um, uh, Street Fighter games, for example, where you would use those in, in your special combos, the old secret moves. A lot of people didn't know about those. They weren't used to the shoulder buttons whenever they were coming over to Super Nintendo from, from Sega, for example. Um, and it was also really nice how the um, the... A and B buttons were actually different than the X and Y in how they had a, um, a little ridge that kind of went down instead of up. So that way, if you weren't used to those controllers, you could still know which buttons you were on without yeah. looking. I, I say this is probably one of the most comfortable controllers to hold as well, even today. It's just so so well designed. Yes, I agree. So any other thoughts on SNES? Um, I, I think that would be probably one of my favorite controllers. It's it's definitely up there. There is one that's a little bit higher to me, but uh, I think a lot of Nintendo controllers going on past this point kind of took a lot of cues from this controller. Um, yeah, I, I completely right. agree. This is kind of the foundation for all future controllers for not only Nintendo, but Sony as well, um, as we'll discuss in just a second here. Uh, yeah. One thing I do miss from this era are the larger ABXY buttons. I really wish... The, the gamepad and the Wii U Pro Controller took that out of it. I, I'm not as much of a fan of these smaller buttons uh, that you find today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. So let, let's move ahead to not N64, but instead PlayStation, because PlayStation came out right after SNES. Um, they were working with Nintendo to create a Nintendo disk drive uh, system that fell through, and Sony said, screw it, let's make our own system, the PlayStation. And what they basically did was they took the SNES controller and uh, they changed it around a little bit so it wasn't complete copyright <laughs> infringement. And Aaron is holding it now. Can you kind of show it off? Yeah, so here is the... Uh, this is actually the DualShock 3 with the 6-axis for PlayStation 3. I should uh, note, uh, PlayStation hasn't really changed their controller in any radical way. Yeah. It so... initially got announced. <laughs> The original PlayStation controller was uh, looked basically the same as this. It, it did not have the, the two analog sticks. It only had one trigger, um, if I remember right, like one trigger on the left and right. Um, and they later added two triggers. Um, they've added the home button since then. Um, they added the rumble feature as well. After Nintendo did it. After Nintendo 64, yes. Um, they also tried to take that away at one point. They said that Rumble was was dead. No, they got uh, sued, basically. Oh, they got sued, okay. That's why they got rid of it. <laughs> okay. I do remember them making that statement saying that Rumble was, was dead. That could have been because they got sued. But they ended up uh, bringing it back with this controller. Um, after the DualShock 2, they tried to take it away. So. Yeah, so if you look at our screens here, I'm not sure what's showing on this broadcast, but uh, you can see the similarities here. Um, you have the four face buttons. Uh, the only difference here is Sony, they try to do everything symmetrical. So everything's trying to be as symmetrical as possible. You have the four buttons that are symmetrical. You have the D-pad buttons that are symmetrical. You have the joystick symmetrical. 
it's all about symmetry with Sony. It's not about the ergonomics or what what that actually is like to use, but it's all visual. That's what it's all about for Sony. So um, that's that's why you don't have the the, the face buns as ergonomic uh, ergonomic of a setup. Uh, I shouldn't have Nintendo's kind of went that route, but um, I think the size of buns are much smaller these days uh, makes it okay for for Nintendo to, to go that direction. But um, You'll notice Sony's D-pad. If you hold that up again, it's um, it's just four buttons. It's not a, a a solid connected piece of plastic, which is quite interesting. I think it's obviously to avoid copyright. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, it's also interesting to note Nintendo when they brought out joysticks, um, either with the GameCube or the N64, they redesigned the controller to support that. PlayStation and Sony, what they did is they just tacked it on in the middle because, yeah. hey, that looks pretty. And yeah. I don't think design-wise that, that, that works. Yeah, I don't think that was a really great idea, especially uh, trying to play first-person shooter games on there. It, it doesn't work too well. Um, if, you're, if your hands are large like mine, when you're playing, you're playing the games and you go towards each other, they hit. So, I mean, that's a problem there. Um, just a little too close. It also just feels weird having it down low. Um, and I've heard, you know, you're trying to do this plus the shoulder buns. You got this weird claw type thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this controller is a little too compact for its own good. They try to throw too much on there. It looks beautiful, but yeah, it, it looks it, really great. Yeah. But um, it is for, too compact, yeah. Yeah, for uh, platforming games, it definitely works well. Uh, but whenever you try to do uh, racing games or uh, first person shooter, not so well. Yeah, they really should have brought uh, the joystick, one of them, up to the D-pad and swapped those, kind of like how Xbox does it. Yeah. Just want the joystick in the primary control position. You don't want it in the secondary position um, where it's awkward to, to use. Yeah. So. And they did have a joystick for PlayStation 1. After they saw what Nintendo did, they released a <laughs> mid-product update. Hey, let's throw in this joystick because Nintendo <laughs> did that, and that works for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a PlayStation controller, very similar to the SNES. So let's move forward with uh, no, N64, one of my favorite controllers ever made. <laughs> people hate this one, though. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people really don't like that controller. Um, I think there will, when you first see it, you think there's a lot to it. It might be hard to use. Uh, but once you get used to it, it's actually pretty simple. If you are playing a first-person shooter game like Perfect Dark, for example, you're only holding the middle and the right sides, and it feels very natural controller because you have the trigger underneath, um, things like that. When you're playing uh, like a platformer game, you're going to use um, uh, the left and right, and it feels like a very natural controller again. Yeah, what uh, Nintendo so. did is they made two first uh, position uh, for your hands. So you're either in D-pad mode or in joystick mode. That's that's the brilliance of it, of this controller, that some games you really aren't using the D-pad that much. You're really all in the joystick. And this controller works great for supporting both types of gameplay versus Sony. It's just kind of hodgepodging it in there. Yeah. Um, this controller was, was pretty revolutionary for its time because you could also add in uh, things like the rumble pack. Um, you could have uh, transfer packs. You can transfer save, save games. Um, and things like that. Um, it also uh, brought the joystick uh, into the home pretty successfully. I mean, the, the PlayStation, I mean, they already had that, but the N64 was the one that did it really well. Well, the PlayStation, I believe, added after Nintendo brought it out, if my history is correct. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this, this brought 3D gaming to the, the playing space. Uh, Sony, I think, released first, but they had a D-pad-based system for 3D gaming, which that makes no sense to me at all. Um, it's just crazy. But um, the Rumble Pack is one of my favorite things in this yeah. controller. Yeah, the Rumble Pack was, was pretty great. It was, it was a little bit top-heavy, though, once you got it in there. I love the uh, weight of it, though. It feels <laughs> like it's substantial. I got a controller. Yeah. It's rumbling. And, you know, it, that satisfying sound of just popping in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the Nintendo 64 controller had the uh, C buttons, which was kind of their first entry into the dual, dual analog sticks. 
um, because a lot of first-person shooter games use that to kind of strafe and, and look around. So, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's clearly the, I mean, the first-person shooter era, they kind of created that with GoldenEye and Perfect Dark and some others. Yeah. yeah I mean, don't you remember just going home as a kid playing GoldenEye or Perfect Dark with your buddies? <laughs> yeah, I played Perfect Dark a lot. I actually found my old cartridge, uh, put it in, and, and checked out my time a while back, and I played multiplayer nine days. So <laughs> that was a lot of time for a kid to put into that game. Yeah, so. it's uh, going back now, they look like, crap um yeah <laughs> but um and and the, the i mean it was fun for its age but i think having two joysticks really does help for first person shooter games but um yeah the the, the c buttons I, I love those buttons because you have your primary buttons a and b and then you have all these secondary buttons that are really useful for a lot of games that i'm not sure have been duplicated with Nintendo's current controllers? No, not quite. Um, I'm not sure why. I think they might have been experimenting a lot with the N64 controllers, kind of seeing what works. I do see a lot of similarities uh, between the N64 controller and some future controllers, and I'll, I'll point those out later. But uh, one of the things that I thought was a really big deal about the N64 controller was the trigger. Um, I do remember that causing a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, well, causing a lot of parents to be upset about that because it, it, it kind of resembled a, a gun? weapon. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had the NES gun back in the yeah. day. You shot ducks. I mean. Yeah, and I don't remember as as many as many complaints about that, but I do with the N64 controller. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was N64 was my console growing up as a kid. I had an NES. I had a friend that had an NES. This is the first one we bought together as a, as kids and teamed up our Christmas money for. And uh, it's my favorite console, even though um, it do, it's probably the least. It holds up the least, I'd say, probably game uh, graphics wise, because it was that um, painful transition area for 3D gaming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I also noticed that a lot of times when I play. Uh, the old N64s, that the joystick doesn't hold up very well. It's it's pretty loose, um, but there there are a lot of third-party controllers that kind of resemble the the N64 you can still buy today. I'd say, I mean, sometimes this one, I got this one used, and it shipped out with a broken joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, this one's not broken. I have another one that is. But as long as it's not broken, I haven't had problems with looseness. One yeah. thing I do appreciate, though, Nintendo invented the whole octagon joystick. So if you notice on N64 controllers and later controllers, there are locking positions for your your joystick. So if you need to go in one direction and and hold it down that way, you're not going to wobble around like you might on PlayStation or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a really nice feature. I always enjoyed that. Um, I I didn't understand why, why other systems didn't use that. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, they don't use it today. The, the Wii remote does, but the Wii U controllers especially do not, which is a shame because I appreciate because you have the fine movement because you don't have to hold it down full mast, which you would if you're running or something. But when yeah. you're doing the subtle movements, you're not at the border, at the octagon. So yeah. it, it brings the, the benefits of D-pad control to a joystick, which is a little touch I don't think most people actually realize when they're playing. They just said, this works, you know. Yeah. And also, one other thing about that controller is that they removed the select button. Uh, it's a pretty big yeah. deal if you were used to playing Super Nintendo and things like that because they had the select button. Um, and the select button wouldn't really come back for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it would take till um, either Wii or Wii for Nintendo, I think. Yeah. But um, I'm holding up both the SNES and N64. You can see the obvious similarity. You have the color palette being the same. You have uh, yellow, blue, um, green, and red buttons. So you have all the same color palette here. But what they've done is they rethought the controller for 3D gaming, unlike Sony that just kind of tacked it on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was a radical rethink of what this controller should be for this new generation. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly. it's cool. And I love the Rumble Pack. I... I and this was the last cartridge-based system. And I, I I hate games that make you use that memory card because it's <laughs> such a pain to pop that in. Every, it's, yeah. A lot of games make you use it, which is a shame. Yeah, definitely. So moving forward, do you want to get to GameCube or do you want to get to uh, Xbox? Well, um, let's save the, 
the better for for later. Uh, so we'll talk about the Xbox controller. <laughs> Excellent. This here is the Xbox 360 controller. Um, it's a little bit different than the original Xbox. The original Xbox had the same kind of design. Same um, layout of buttons. You mean. Yeah, same same layout. Um, it had the uh, joysticks you can see are kind of uh, separated here. Uh, one's higher and lower. Um, it's got the uh, the D-pad is kind of strange. Um, it's, it's all one button. It's kind of round. Um, they did end up uh, trying to fix that with a with a remake of of this controller, where you could actually twist the D pad and it would come up to a to an actual D pad, kind of like Super Nintendo, uh, or you could have it like this old style. Um, now the old style is that a copyright thing? How they have it that that design? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they have it like this. So, so yeah, the layout is pretty much the same from day one with Xbox. They've made it more ergonomic over the years, I've heard. Yeah, Is that right? definitely. Um, the, the original Xbox controller was similar to a Dreamcast controller in the size um, and kind of the shape of it. I had heard that um, Sega actually worked with Microsoft to come up with that controller, and that's why they were very similar. Um, but it was definitely not very comfortable in, in your hands. Um, very soon after the release of the original Xbox, they came out with a redesign, which was very similar to, to this, and they've kind of followed that. Uh, but overall, the button placement was the same, uh, just the outside kind of uh, uh, ergonomic part of the controller was now, is that a was battery poking out the back of that controller? Yes, yeah, so this is the battery pack. They, Only they Microsoft. Had... <laughs> I mean, it's like an old cell phone thing. So this is, um, you can have uh, AA batteries, or there was also a plug-and-play kit that you can... Uh, Put in here just a like a battery pack like this if it had a rechargeable battery in it, um, and then you can plug it in and charge. One of the problems with that though is that um, as as the Xbox 360 went on, um, online gaming became very popular. If you were in a chat room with somebody, you're playing a game. If you charge your plug and play kit, they can hear like a buzzing sound as as it's play, or as it's charging. So. You could not really charge your game while you were, or charge your controller while you were playing. So, so that's the 360. The original Xbox was a corded controller, just like the PS1 and yes. 2 were. So, um, it's interesting that X, uh, Microsoft and Sony have never really rethought the layout of their controller. Nintendo seems to not care as much about clinging to the past with that as the other companies. I'm not sure what that is about. Is it? Do you think it's them being more worried about upsetting their users than Nintendo, or what? what is it? I think what's going on is that Nintendo realizes that the controller is very important. Uh, it's, it, it's as important as your software, as important as your hardware, and they take the, the chances to, to change that with every console to, to uh, upgrade it, create a new experience for, for the consumer rather than just having the same thing. Um, I don't see... A, um, a big leap between the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation, PlayStation 3, the original Xbox and the Xbox 360, and even the uh, the upcoming Xbox One. Uh, but with Nintendo, you know you're getting a whole new experience with every console, um, and and they know that it's it's as important as the console itself. Um, so, and I think that the other the other companies might just not be willing to take that chance as you said, to not upset the consumers, but also because they really rely on these uh, uh, cert certain type of gamers, uh, like the Call of Duty gamer and things like that, where they want to kind of have the same experience between the two consoles, uh, PlayStation and and uh, Xbox. Um, so as you can see, I mean, like the triggers are going to be in the same kind of placement. Uh, mm. Like the they're going to have the, the dual analog sticks all the time and the four buttons. Um, a lot of games are just kind of designed around that, um, and they aren't really willing to break the mold. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just a, it's remarkable how, um, like, without Nintendo, the market wouldn't progress, I don't think, as fast as it does, which it's just sure. an interesting thing. So uh, keep holding that one up while we pull up this yeah. GameCube one here. So... You'll notice a similar layout here. Uh, GameCube, has the, they took the C-Stick and brought it down to now a joystick. And you'll notice a similar layout there 
with the two joysticks, uh, similar position, a D-pad, and believe the, the four face buttons. But with Nintendo, they really did optimization as to what uh, face buttons are primary, secondary, and third. See, this is the biggest A button ever made on a controller, which I <laughs> yeah. love. That's, that's yeah. fantastic, yeah. This is, I mean, probably my favorite controller. Um, I really enjoy holding it. It's really lightweight. It fits your hand well. Um, I enjoy the, the trigger buttons a lot. Uh, they're actually um, analog triggers, uh, which is really nice. And then they actually it's have... It's like a, a pedal on your car. You can be gradual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you click it all the way down, there's actually a click, and there's, so so it's more like a trigger. Uh, so it's digital as well, as well as analog. Um, the one fault in this controller is the D-pad. It's too <laughs> small for anybody to use. It is, it is very small. My thumb covers the entire D-pad. <laughs> so. Yeah, when you're playing, I was playing Rogue Squadron 2, and you'd accidentally send your fleet away to go home because the D-pad was so <laughs> inaccurate. Um, yeah. So that's the one fault. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's a big fault, but um, it's still one of my favorites out there. The huge A button is great. You have the octagon joysticks, both top and bottom. And you have a clear differentiator on which is your primary joystick, which is your secondary joystick, just like Xbox did. Um, do you know, did this come out before Xbox? What was the timetable there? Um, I think it was just before the Xbox. So. Okay, so similar time period mm-hmm. and... Okay, that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure who saw what to... I'm not sure if Microsoft saw what, saw what Nintendo was doing or if it was accidental or... I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure what was going on there. But, uh... And yeah. as you said, there is only one button here, uh, this in the middle, for yep. start slash pause. I love how it says pause in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and they also switched up uh, where the Z trigger was, and it's very small now. Um, not as important as the left and right triggers anymore. Um, so that was that was an interesting decision. Yeah, because the N64 the Z button was one of the biggest buttons on there. It was that trigger button that you use so many times. Yeah. So yeah, I love this controller layout. Um, it's it's interesting that this is. I mean, this is what Sony should have been copying, <laughs> not the SNES. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, Nintendo during this era released the Wavebird, which was the first official, uh, first, the first official first-party wireless controller. Um, so, with this era, besides bringing this new layout, they also kind of invented wireless controlling for the mass market on home consoles. Yeah, I had a Wavebird. I don't have it any longer, but it was it was very nice to play on. Um, it was exactly like um, that controller there, uh, the original GameCube controller, except that. With the wireless feature, they had a little bit larger spot at the bottom, so it kind of filled in that, that little gap between. No the, rumble as well. Yeah, yeah. They also had to take out the rumble. Um, I noticed a few times there was a little bit of problems with uh, the wireless. The, the wireless receiver had 11 channels. You had to manually select which channel it was on. Um, if there was any kind of disturbances, it would it would kind of cause problems there, but. Not many problems. I think it worked really well. Um, it also had a really good range on it compared to other wireless controllers, um, third-party wireless controllers. Yeah, it's funny, weight-wise, the Rumble Pack weighs almost as much as this uh, <laughs> controller. Yeah, yeah, the GameCube controller is very light. But I love how they fit. They had added Rumble right into the controller itself. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic controller that uh, I think it's a fan for many people. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the big thing this this time around was... They focused on let's make this a totally radically new design controller. They they saw they got feedback from N64. Hey, we want this more integrated, and that's what this evolved into. And they, yeah. they did some cool things there. Well, one thing I was just thinking about about that controller is that looking back, it also applies to all. I mean, to to basically every other Nintendo console, is that I can't imagine playing those games without that controller. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think back to my favorite game, uh, Wind Waker. They're coming out with Wind Waker HD. I'm sure it's going to work, but but I'm still going to have that nostalgia for for the old GameCube controller. Um, thinking back to a lot of other tighter titles on that system, and I don't think that they would work as well without that 
that controller. Same yeah. with Nintendo 64. So. Big time with 64. I'd say even more so with 64 because yeah. it was such a different layout. Mm-hmm. At least in modern consoles, you still have dual joysticks. You still have a D-pad. You still have four buttons with the two triggers. So it's the most similar to the current con- uh, controllers. But, yeah, it is much different uh, at the same time. And uh, I hate people that uh, are, like, um, saying about the virtual console, bring GameCube out. Uh, I, and if Nintendo does that, I'd love if they'd have to release a Wii version of this. I, I yes. really believe that. Yes, they would have to. Um, or at least a wireless adapter where you could use your old controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but definitely. Um, I don't think that the Pro Controller would do would feel the same. I don't think it would play the same um, as that controller. So they would definitely have to do something whenever they come out with the GameCube games. However, they did mention that they were going to have those games on the Wii U, but they haven't really talked about it since then. Uh, I really hope that they haven't just kind of uh, let that go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I still have a GameCube plugged up to my TV. Um, Yep. (laughs) I, I love Virtual Console for NES and SNES. I think that's perfect for that. But uh, the newer consoles, I say newer, but N64 and GameCube, uh, I still like using the original cartridges and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's because I get to use my SNES controller, which is why those games work so well. Yeah. So, um, you do you have any other third-party controllers before we get to Wii? Nope, that's all that I have with me now. So. Okay, so let's get to Wii, which... There's so many controllers for me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, can you do an intro while I get some of these parts together? Right. Here? Yeah, so the Wii, um, Nintendo decided to go with wireless controller. This time they used Bluetooth instead of, uh, of the radio that they had used in uh, the Wavebird. Um, and the Wii controller caught on pretty fast uh, because it was so simple. Uh, simple design, basically uh, you hold it one-handed very much like a TV remote, something people were already used to using. Um, and this is the original Wiimote, Wii Remote. I'm not sure why they didn't call it the Wiimote, because that's what people always refer to it as. Uh, but as you can see, uh, you hold it very much like a TV remote. Um, it has an IR sensor on on the top there, uh, used with the sensor bar for pointing. Um, yeah, and uh, Tim, you have the uh, the one with the Wii Motion Plus built in. Yep. Yeah, I've never yeah. owned one of the original ones. I've only yeah. had Wii Motion Plus since I got in so so late. Yeah. Um, yeah so size wise, did it change at all when they added Wii Motion Plus? It looks visually the same. No, no, the size is the exact same with the Wii Motion Plus. However, um, the Wii Motion Plus was basically um, uh, just an add-on to help help uh, point and uh, the motion be a little. Uh, more it's a gyro accurate. Screen. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and it worked better than the sensor bar a lot of games. Yeah, in, um, in Pikmin 3, for example, you can use the Wii Remote with uh, with the regular one or with Motion Plus. With Motion Plus, it's less important that you're actually pointing at the screen and it's more sensing your movement in general, which is much better. I was playing yeah. Super Mario Galaxy, and it's such a pain you have to point exactly at the screen, otherwise it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the original Wii Motion Plus add-on um, is this here. This I, I love that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically this plugs into the bottom of the controller here. Um, so I was playing Wii, um, Wii Resort, and it walks you through. Please plug it in, <laughs> yeah. even though I've got the newer ones. It's... Yeah, it, it does that with Skyward Sword as well. Um, oh, I put in Skyward Sword, about a three-minute video. I was... Not sure why why they felt like they had to do that. Yeah, but um, so this is the core controller. Forty dollars they sold this for and continue to sell this for. Um, this is bundled with Wii Play, I believe, for fifty bucks to kind of push these out the door. Um, design it's it, it's curious the the jacket design where these controllers I think are going to be the most well conditioned controllers yeah. in the history book because they were always encased in these things for safety. Well, actually, um, when the Wii originally released, it was just like this. Um, when I got my Wii, it did not have a jacket on it. it really? Only, they shipped yeah. that with the original Wii? Yep. It was just like this. Uh, actually, this is my original Wii controller. I've had it the whole time. Um, and it it's always been like this. It's still kept in really good condition, but 
a lot of people were having problems losing their controller. It did come with the wrist strap. Um, I hate that stupid thing. <laughs> what the heck yeah. was this kind of thing? And there's always like, safety, please put your wrist strap because yeah. you're going to throw your controller. Like, who throws but their controller? Apparently, that was a problem. Um, a lot of people were, were losing their controllers. Um, I saw pictures of, of the Wii Remote stuck in people's TVs. I'm not sure why they were using so much force while, while bowling. But, I think uh, the jacket <laughs> alleviates that. It might be less slippery, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sitting uh, down on the couch a lot of times when I'm playing Wii. It's like, I don't need this stupid itch, itchy thing on my wrist, you know? Yeah. I tend to always slip it on. I've just got used to it, and I always just slip it on. Um, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I took them off. I've got the... Where is it? Oh, I was going to say I have the gold Zelda one I could show you, but um, I always took them off. It's such an annoying thing. It's like, I'm not going to lose the controller. If I do, I've got a projector screen that doesn't break, you know? Yeah. Um, now, what was it was was new about the Wii Remote besides its its uh, new kind of design was that they got rid well they didn't really get rid of buttons but they changed buttons uh, so you have the A button up top you have the B button around back you have a plus and minus button in the center mm-hmm. along with a home button and also a one and two button which is at the bottom <laughs> and yeah the, so as a new Wii person. I was intimidated by this controller um, because I'm used to traditional game controllers, and I was scared off for the longest time to to uh, give in to the Wii controller metaphor because it yeah. was so weird and different. And uh, I guess that's what appealed to the masses that it looked like a TV remote control, and everyone knows how to use remote control, right? Yeah. So, um, and it had this like all these attachment things, the nunchuck, <laughs> and all that stuff. So it's like, what the heck is what is what is this? But it's when looking back and when using it today, it, it is, I believe, the most uh, ergonomical uh, controller that Nintendo's ever made and the most adaptable controller to, to fit any gameplay style. Um, so you have the core controller, which has, if you flip it like this, D-pad, A-B button that you can use for virtual console or just simpler games, which is great. Yeah. Um, what's really nice about the remote, we remote as well, is that you can add in the nunchuck. And with the nunchuck, I think it became very much like the N64 controller, um, in that you had the the joystick in the center, kind of in the center, if you imagined it being there, and then all your buttons were in your right hand. So it was very much like the N64 controller, and you could still spread your hands out. Still was a full functioning controller. And there's this accelerometer inside of this, um, inside of this. So some games like Punch Out, let's well, realize when you're punching with that uh, second nunchuck, um, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. So some other things about the controller itself. There's a power button, so for the first time you can turn your console on and off with the remote control itself. I'm not, I don't think Nintendo invented that. So maybe they did. They were the first out of that generation. No, they weren't. Um, I think they were right along with PS3 with that yeah. release date. But, um, yeah, so you can now can turn on and off your console with the Wii Remote. Um, you have all these add-on things. You The plus and minus kind of remind me of the start-select buttons. Those are now back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And for the first time, you have an operating system on your Wii, so that's what the home button's all about, that OS. Yeah, yeah and um, I think that was nice, um, kind of building that in. Um, it allowed for them to um, kind of have these other apps without it taking over the entire console, which is what I really liked about the Wii um, and with the Wii U, um, is that it had these these secondary things, but it, it never took over the entire console. And as far as ergonomics, I love that you can have your hands shoulder-width apart down by your lap or wherever, but you don't have your hands like this as you did in the past. You have them spread out. Yeah. Your hands can be looser. Your fingers can be looser. It's, it's the most comfortable setup I've ever used for game game controlling. You have the octagon, it retains with the joystick, which is great. And it, you are spreading out your hands, and the buttons are much more spread out and in a good way. I think this is perhaps the best design controller ever made from ergonomic standpoint. Yeah, um, I definitely find myself a lot of times playing... Uh, 
um, Wii games with, with this controller, and you can really just lean back and relax and just get into the game um, that you can't do with a lot of other controllers because you're kind of restricted and keeping your hands in this certain placement up close. You know, you can't really do much. With the Wii Remote, you can definitely lean back and have your arms spread out. It's really nice. Yeah, uh, Nintendo was a genius though with this controller because the adaptability of plugging something into this was just so smart. Having that port down there, they're able to yeah. expand it out to add Wii Remote, Wii Motion Plus to that, add Pro Controller support, add that SNES controller that I showed you just earlier. So you can literally plug an SNES controller into the bottom of this, and now you have a wireless SNES controller for your Wii. Um, same thing for this Pro Controller that I'll get out here. So they released uh, two controllers, one the Wii Classic Controller that I don't have, and one the Wii uh, Pro Controller. Yeah. So, and any background on these you want to share? Um, well, there's not a lot of difference between the Classic Controller and the, and the Pro Controller, besides that the Pro Controller added a second trigger on the left and right, and it also has the extended uh, handles on the left and right. Uh, the classic controller was a little bit strange in that it didn't have those handles. It was more like the Super Nintendo controller, mm-hmm. um, but but it definitely worked. I I enjoyed playing uh, virtual virtual console games on the Wii using my classic controller. So. And that's what this was designed for. They advertise this as this is a virtual console controller. D-pad is in primary position because this is for your virtual console titles. Um, this is very this is basically the place that you lay out. The difference is PlayStation isn't using D-pad games. They're using joystick games. And these are also spread out more, so it is more comfortable. Um, you do have octagon joysticks as well for these, so that is still there for this controller. And it's it's very comfortable. It's it's a great controller that I think got a lot of sales. For, yeah. for this, it's, a, it's a very popular second controller. Yeah, um, I think some people did though criticize the Wii for having too many control too too many control options because you could plug in um, uh, the last generation controller to the top uh, of the GameCube controller. That's because mm-hmm. it did have uh, the backwards compatibility. You also had the Wii Remote and Nunchuck and the the Pro Controller and the Class Controller. Um, but I actually like that because yes, and the steering wheel. <laughs> um, but one of the things I I did like about the the Wii um, and all its controllers is that it provided um, play style for, for all different kinds of players. Um, and that can be seen on Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, you could use all the controllers on it. Um, they all had the same functionality. It was just your own preference for what you wanted to use. Yeah, I, I don't get the criticism because I too love the fact that you do have so many options. This uh, helps people not get arthritis or whatever, they are, are, um, are repeated the stress injury, RSI, yes. it helps with that. By having a variety of hand positions and controllers, that helps with that. You're able to have different types of games. You have some that just use the, the Wii Remote. Um, yeah. You have some games that use the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, some games that uh, it's all about the wheel, um, some games about that Pro Controller. So the many options are great. And I, I, I really support that, and that continues on with the Wii U with even more options. So um, this is the, the Wii Wheel. It's a $20 piece of plastic with a trigger on the back that plugs into your Wii remote. And uh, this is brilliant. This is <laughs> – I love this, uh, this little add-on. Um, yeah. It's not really needed, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it works well with the um... – the Mario Kart game on the Wii. Um, I haven't really played it with with anything else, but with Mario Kart, it definitely worked well. Yeah, uh, Mario Kart is where when I bought this, and just so much fun, just you know, steering and using the basically the A and B button as long as well as the other buttons there. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just shows Nintendo trying new things, and that that really made it approachable for non-gamers to get into the Wii and try out these new experiences that they wouldn't have had before. Yeah. So it really is a cool thing there. Um, and from the steering wheel, I do remember they had a, a tennis racket, a golf club, uh, a baseball bat. Uh, I'm not sure if they were Nintendo licensed, but they were definitely third-party accessories. So. Yeah, they also they did this whole Zelda thing and the gold thing so you could buy Skyward Sword Deluxe. 
with that pro con with the regular Wii remote. But they also released um, in Japan these Club Nintendo rewards: a gold Wii steering wheel, which I got, a gold Pro controller, that I got, and they also released um, the gold nunchuck. So, um, if you're into Zelda, if you're into that kind of gold <laughs> stuff, they have all those, and I have every single one of those gold controllers. Just yeah, that's pretty cool. nice. But I, I'm not really into that so much. But maybe if they released a gold console. Then, then I might have have the urge to get all of them. So. I would love that. But yeah, I got on eBay. It's like, spent some money, got all those before they, they were dead for good. So yeah. we're running out of time. we got about five minutes left before I start the show with John here. Um, Wii U, let's just get to that. Right. Um, here's the gamepad. This is uh, the evolution uh, that we saw from the Pro Controller to this, basically. We have D-pad, two joysticks, the four face buttons, just like the 3DS style there, plus and minus button. Uh, you have power. You have a TV button for doing IR or remote control. And you also have a battery uh, indicator there, microphone, home button, NFC sensor. There's a gyroscope in here. There's a stylus. This thing has everything. It's got uh, a uh, camera. A microphone. I'm not sure if you got that. Yeah, microphone, camera. <laughs> It has a sensor bar built into there, so you can actually do off-screen TV with the remote pointed up there. And this is everything. This is fantastic. This yeah. is, um, you can charge this while playing. There's a headphone jack. So um, it's got the uh, speakers built in as well. I'm speakers. Sure this that. is. I love this controller. Yeah. Um, so any any thoughts on this controller? Uh, this is just a really great controller. Um, it also got a lot of criticism. Uh, I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, we've already talked about that a bunch. Nintendo was willing to take these chances with these controllers, um, and it just works. Uh, I think people that haven't played it don't understand it, but once you do, you it's see criticized advantage. for being just a big tablet, and it's trying to be yeah. a tablet trying to use my iPad, but it's not that at all. It's yeah. t- building a controller around a screen, and the screen is... It's like building a handheld console almost, but yeah. not really, because <laughs> yeah. it, it's 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 a cool thing uh, to to have uh, that that stylus interface. Uh, if you did the t- a full out touch interface, you'd have external inputs. I think a lot. Um, the resolution screen is very nice. Uh, second screen gaming, I think, is a big deal, and uh, just for off screen TV play, this is awesome. Um, but um, I'm a big fan of the Wii U controller. And it, it really is interesting to see this um, as its final evolution. You have SNES with the D-pad, the four buttons, and the, the, the shoulder buttons, which you only have. You have, I guess, two sets of them down there and up there. Yes. Um, but uh, it really is an SNES in the modern era. Um, yeah, I love the, it's true. I love the joystick placement. They're up top, primary position for use. So yeah, um, very comfortable. Um, very comfortable. I love this placement. I think it's better than Xbox and PlayStation for placement because you also have the advantage of if you're just using the D-pad and face buttons, that's perfect placement as well. So this is the best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, um, and they also continue that over with the Pro Controller uh, for for the Wii U. Yep. Yep. So you've got and, one uh, as well. I've got a black and a white one of those. So this is basically, um, explain this controller. What, what, what is it for? Well, this controller um, is basically for any type of game uh, that you might not want to have uh, something that long, uh, where the screen might not be as useful. Um, uh, first-person shooter is what I use it for a lot playing Call of Duty, um, but I use it in combination with uh, the Wii U's gamepad. Um, but... I think this is a really nice um, controller because it's basically exactly like the uh, the Wii U gamepad, just taking out the screen. Um, all the functionality is there. It feels exactly the same, just your hands are a little bit closer together. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, as you said, uh, gamepad without the pad, without the yeah. screen. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so comfortable. This is, it, it's a premium product. It feels really premium in the hand. Yeah. Um, there is no ox, uh, there is no octagonal uh, joystick anymore. I do miss that from both the gamepad and this. Yeah. But otherwise, I love this D-pad. This is the best D-pad Nintendo's made since I think the SNES. It really is. The N64 yeah, yeah. wasn't the best. This is a return to that greatness. Yep. 
it's really nice to play virtual console games. I've been playing a, a lot of virtual console with this, so I feel it. It really does. Yeah, it's feel. like an eighty-hour battery. This thing's crazy. Yeah, super long. I've accidentally charged mine twice since I've got it. <laughs> so, um, so we evolved. From... One thing I'd like to say about the Wii U yep, gamepad is that I had heard uh, some some rumors going around that the Wii U gamepad was actually a design idea or a, a controller idea for the Wii, um, and they just decided to scrap it and then they went with the Wii remote. I'm not sure how true that is, but uh, but I've heard a lot of rumors about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it makes um, design wise it's similar. I love that you can still use all the Wii controllers with this. Uh, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. It really is. Yeah. They bring it's. I. It's kind of like. Um, I don't know what it's like, but it's. It's definitely <laughs> the Wii Two. It's. It's an evolved form of it. So we went from this NES controller, all the way up to this gamepad. Yeah. Um, pretty remarkable evolution there. And uh, I think we thing. still have a lot to see uh, uh, with Wii U controllers. Um, I'm especially uh, wondering what's going on with this. With this uh, little. Adapter spot here at the bottom. Uh, it hasn't been used yet, but uh, that's for charging, I thought. Well, there there are these two on the side for charging, but the the center one. Is, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they plan on using that for. But, yep, and there is NFC as we've said. Um, but yeah, I love this this controller, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do next as far as controller. It should be noted that both Microsoft and Sony. Um, ran after Nintendo once again with Motion with both PS Move and Connect. So um, once again, Nintendo was the leader there, and it's, they continue to to push the market forward. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this discussion on Nintendo's controllers and its evolution. Uh, any final thoughts before closing out this uh, show today? Uh, no, I'm I'm just enjoying uh, playing playing the Wii U right now, and I like I like the fact that it has all. Of- all these uh, backwards compatibility with the Wii U, and I like seeing the evolution of Nintendo controllers. Excited for the future. Fantastic. So next week's show, we'll be discussing home consoles and their evolution. So we talked about the controllers. Next week, we're actually going to talk about the consoles themselves and how that's uh, evolved over the years. Uh, Until next week, Garen, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at ALRivera058. You can also find me on Miiverse with the same name. Great. And for me, I'm T-C-H-A-T-E-N, and you'll find me there, YouTube, Twitter, Meverse, Instagram, and uh, that's the YouTube channel where you can catch these live broadcasts every Sunday night, 8 p.m. for Aaron's show, 9 p.m. for me and John, and that's there on YouTube. We'll be doing this live every week, and uh, audio versions are, of course, available after the fact, as well as video versions on the YouTube. So uh, thanks for watching this or listening to this broadcast, the show. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast, and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at MyMac, M-Y-M-A-C, dot com. Tim at MyMac.com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. <laughs>